So I got to tell you, my wife said to me, uh, you know, recently, she's like, are you going to the gym? And I'm like, I'm going to the gym. I'm absolutely going to the gym. And she says, you don't look like you're going to the gym and you're not sore all the time. And I'm like, I'm at the gym. She's like, are you working out at the gym? Mm. I said, you didn't say that, but I am at the gym. I'll tell you that. Um, I rely on the workout called snacking. It is fantastic. Uh, I mean, I make those curls uh, all the time with Built Bars. I just curl them up to my mouth and eat them. They're really healthy. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, 17 grams of protein, and they're made with 100% real chocolate. I don't know how this is happening. I, it's like kind of like that uh, mystery meat or whatever they're calling that, amazing meat. What do they call that, Stu? Impossible? Um, is that what you're talking about? Impossible burgers. Yeah, this is like an impossible candy bar. I don't know how they do it, but it's they're fantastic. <laughs> so go to Built.com. Use the promo code BEC15. Get 15% off your order right now. Promo code BEC15 for 15% off these protein bars that are just like candy bars. They're fantastic. Built.com. In our country, we have always believed in the right of the individual over the right of the collective. That's no longer, I think, what we believe, or at least those in Washington and those setting the parameters and the fences around our society believe. We have always believed in the idea that in the court of law, you are innocent until proven guilty. That doesn't seem to be happening either. It seems to be selective justice. Uh, We need John Adams. John Adams is a guy who would uh, represent and did represent the, the British Army officers in the most unpopular time to do it and the most unpopular place to do it, Boston. Well, there is one guy who I think is a living example of John Adams when it comes to the law. His name is Alan Dershowitz. We're going to talk about January 6th in 60 seconds. Our sponsor this half hour is Relief Factor. As we get older, one of the things that comes along with getting older is aches and pains and your joints start to wear down and... The normal exercise of everyday life begins to catch up with you, and you're like, wait a minute, what? what did I, I didn't do anything. I picked up my garden hose. It's, I'm telling you, kids, don't get old. Just don't do it. Um, what causes most of our pain is inflation in the body, and uh, or inflammation. Uh, can you tell what I have in mind? Uh, inflammation in our body. 
And that inflammation causes a lot of our pain and most of our problems with our health. Try a three-week quick start from Relief Factor. Relief Factor, it's $19.95. It's a dollar a day like a trial pack. Hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor. 70% of them go on to order more, which says a ton. So go to relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com, or call 800-4-RELIEF. 800-4-RELIEF. 1995 three-week quick start developed for you. Relief Factor. Feel the difference. Alan Dershowitz. Professor Emeritus at Harvard Law School, the host of The Durst Show, and author of The Case Against the New Censorship. I believe he is one of the most important voices. I wish he had another 60 years uh, in front of him because it's going to take us a long time to correct these problems. Welcome to the program, Alan Dershowitz. I wish my mother were alive to hear the nice things you said about me. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> You know, it's funny, um, Alan, and we've talked about this before. You and I don't, I'm sure we could find a ton of things that we disagree on and probably oh, sure. big caverns between us. But you at least are open to having a dialogue and you've pinned your life and your career around certain founding principles that well, I think the same of you, you know, are unchangeable. You. We we disagree, and you open your program up to different points of view, and and are willing to dialogue with people who disagree with you. I think uh, the two of right. us have that in common, and that's much more important than the specific differences between us. Those yes. can be resolved democratically. Yeah, that that was always the thing that brought us together as a nation. That is our unum. We have certain sets of the Bill of Rights, for one. Um, let me, let me talk to you yesterday. I did an interview, uh, with a guy who has spent 13, uh, months in jail, much of it in solitary confinement. Did you get a chance to listen or read the transcript? Okay. It was a brilliant, it was a brilliant interview and innovative and so important. Uh, you know, I've represented a lot of people who are in prison. Um, uh, uh, I represented, uh, Sharansky, Natan Sharansky, political prisoners all over the world. And it, and we tried desperately to get an interview with Sharansky when he was in a Soviet prison. Of course, they wouldn't, they wouldn't permit it. And you fortunately were able to get an interview with somebody who strikes me very much as a political prisoner. Again, I disagree fundamentally with the Proud Boys and with virtually everything yeah, he too. stands for. But the idea of uh, of uh, not giving him a trial and uh, holding him in pretrial detention for all this time, some of it in solitary confinement, is just so un-American. It's so inconsistent with what we have done over the years. You know, with bail reform now, we all saw what happened to Chesa Boudin and, and what's going on in New York. With bail reform, people who have committed violent crimes are uh, uh, allowed out on, on bail. And here's a guy who, at least according to his own testimony and for purposes of discussion, we have to at least give him the chance to prove that, simply walked into the Capitol, was welcomed, as others we know are, we've seen the videotapes of it, and did no damage and left and, you know, may have written some encrypted messages, who knows. But uh, this is far less seditious conduct than, for example, what Black Lives Matter followers did uh, in burning courthouses and burning businesses and trying essentially to bring down the government. 
And yet we have this selective prosecution, sedition, uh, in the case of January uh, 6th and uh, bail in the case of uh, some of the others. Uh, For example, the two lawyers who threw Molotov cocktails into police cars are being treated uh, much, much better than than this fellow is being treated. So can you help me out? Because we got a lot of uh, response. Uh, people said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. He has uh, uh, been charged um, with a with a couple of things. First, with sedition, but also uh, an assault charge. And that goes under Section 111, Title 18. Do you know that because in talking to their attorneys or his attorney, he said, no, no, no. That's kind of a catch-all. Is that true? Well, you know, assault doesn't require anybody to touch anybody. That's battery. Assault can be simply a threat to touch. Um, uh, An assault is essentially an attempted battery. So uh, I haven't seen the bill of particulars or the specifics, but um, I think something to the point that an assault can be a a, a very general catch-all for behavior. You know, if you walk into the Capitol and you look at somebody menacingly, that can be seen as an assault. So uh, we have to be oh careful about how language is used. Yeah. So they are also talking now about sedition. Um, and can you give me the definition and the difference between um, uh, sedition and um conspiracy to overthrow the nation or treason yeah well treason is defined in the constitution basically is taking up arms uh and it requires basically during wartime and um uh, and, and involvement with an enemy of the united states this is not treason this is not conspiracy to overthrow the government this is not sedition this is a protest that went wrong a protest that should not have happened Protest should occur. So what's the difference between sedition and a protest that went wrong? The government's just definition. Um, The (laughs) distinction is extremely vague and 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 subject to constitutional challenge. I would hope that his lawyers would challenge the indictment on vagueness grounds and find out specifically what what they had in mind. Look, I think the election of President Biden was legitimate, and I don't think there was a stolen election or fraud. There, there were some problems. Pennsylvania should not have been allowed late voting. That was unconstitutional, and I've said that right from the beginning. But persons entitled to make that statement, persons entitled to try to get members of the Senate or the House um, to take action if they think that action is 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 legitimate those are all lawful things to do and that's you know democrats thought about that a lot during bush versus gore uh when they thought the election was stolen so you know you have to pass what i call the shoe on the other foot test what's what's good for people who are on one side of the political aisle have to be good for people on the other side of the political aisle we can't have Two systems of justice, one for Democrats and one for Republicans. The person who disappoints me most is Merrick Garland, who I remember as a law student. I've always admired, thought very highly of, supported his nomination to the Supreme Court. I think the Republicans stole that nomination from the Democrats by not giving him a hearing. 
But I've been very disappointed. I would think he'd be the grown-up in the room, and he'd say, no, no, no. Uh, let's look at the evidence. Let's look at the videos. And let's, if we have to, indict these people for misdemeanor trespassing, uh, unless they did something violent uh, in the Capitol itself. Let's put them all on bail, except if there's evidence that somebody is going to continue or engage in, in violence. But you need a grown-up in the room. And I was hoping Merrick Garland would, would be that. And so far, we haven't heard very much from him. How concerned are you, um, Alan, with the direction of this two-tiered justice system? I mean, I feel like we've gone back to the, you know, uh, Jim Crow days, except it's just different people being, um, you know, not listened to or the system yeah. gets rigged one way or another. Um, For me, the analogy is it, that's uh, That's terrifying. It's terrifying. For me, the analogy is closer to the days of McCarthyism. I was an adolescent. I was in Brooklyn College. I fought against uh, McCarthyism. I hated communism. I hated Stalin. I hated yeah. Gorbachev, Khrushchev, all of those guys. I mean, I hated anything that has to do with the Soviet Union. Gorbachev emerged later on as something of a, of a, a moderating force. But I defended uh, the rights of people who were accused of communism because they were being subject to a different standard of justice. And that's what's going yes. on today. You're right. It's not based on race. Uh, you know, it's interesting. The Bible uh, says two things to judges. One, you can't take bribes. That's obvious. The other, and I'll recite the Hebrew for those who understand, lo takir ponim, do not recognize faces. And that comes before do not take bribes. Do not recognize faces. Don't peek beneath that blindfold of justice. Don't find out what the person's name is, face is, race, gender, anything else. Do justice fairly and objectively do not recognize faces that's the first command in the bible to judges in the book of deuteronomy i'm not sure what you thought about uh the recent uh trial uh that was was going on in washington dc where the where the jurors many of them were um diehard uh clinton fans etc etc um let it go. The judge seemed a little biased. Um, it just didn't seem like it was fair um, and they wouldn't move the trial. Will these guys be able to get a fair trial in the District of Columbia? Because that seems like, A, the jury pool is completely different. It's very difficult. I think we have a real problem with jurors in America uh, today. I think we have too many jurors who come into the jury room with a bias and an agenda, and we don't have a mechanism for rooting them out. Um, you know, we have, uh, we have jurors who have stated kind of a predisposition for how they're going to decide the case. We have jurors who have lied in their jury forms and hidden, and we have to do a better job. The jury is the single most important protection against government in our legal system. And we have to keep the jury pristine. We also have to permit for changes of venue when, obviously, uh, some venues will have more bias than other venues or there's been a massive amount of publicity uh, in some areas. We have to do a better job of, of securing objective justice from jurors because, you know, we're not going to get it from elected or appointed judges who have ambitions to be promoted and won't uh, won't do anything that's 
going to endanger their positions or their ambitions. Uh, jurors are the ones who are supposed to be checks and balances against the judiciary. Right. You know, Jefferson didn't like judges. He didn't trust judges. Mm-hmm. He trusted jurors. And that's why the jury system, you know, we're the only country in the world today that still has a jury system. People will yell and scream, England, England. No, in England, there are 12 chairs sitting in a box and the chairs are pushed around by the judge. Um, judges decide what the juries will consider. They tell the juries how to decide the case. We're the only country really that still has a jury system and it's in danger. Tonight, Ellen, um, the it's something I've never seen. It's I really think this is as close as America has gotten to a show trial besides yeah. the McCarthy era. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I don't even know what we should be looking for. Uh, can, may I take a one minute break and then have you noodle sure, that and, and come back and tell us Please. what we should be looking for tonight? Um, All right, back with Alan Dershowitz in just a moment. Stand by. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. As rates rise, the best thing you can be doing for yourself and your family is paying down debt. You can't let larger interest payments drag you down. It's a waste of money. This is why it's really important to take action now. Take 10 minutes out of your day and call American Financing. Take advantage of the free mortgage review and let salary-based mortgage consultants who are in it for you, not the bank, walk you through all the custom loan options that are available to you. You might be surprised what's out there may be able to save you hundreds, if not a thousand dollars a month, especially on your credit cards. There's no pressure, no obligation, never any charge up front or hidden fees. It is a simple conversation about custom loans that might be able to achieve your goals faster. It's American Financing, America's home for home loans, helping people just like you for over 20 years. American Financing, 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or go to AmericanFinancing.net. 10 seconds, station ID. Uh, the host of the podcast, The Dersh Show, if you haven't listened to it, it's fantastic analysis of what's going on. Um, Alan Dershowitz is joining us. What should we be watching for tonight for those? I, I'm asking actually for me. I'm going to watch it so the audience doesn't have to. <laughs> what, so, what should I be looking for? Well, let me tell you the way I handle things like this in my practice. Uh, When I argue a criminal case, I know that the government is going to get the last word and I won't have a chance to respond. So I say to the jurors, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, pretend you're Alan Dershowitz when you're listening to this and imagine the questions I would be asking him and the rebuttal I would be making. I want you to play me, take over the role, because I don't get the last word. But you have a critical mind, and you can see what kind of issues I would raise or questions I would raise. I would say to every listener, do the same thing. Imagine you're there uh, on, in, in the committee, or some Republican who doesn't agree with the Democratic narrative on this was there. What questions would they be asking? What witnesses would they be calling? What are they not showing you? This is a show trial produced by a former 
producer for television. Uh, the witnesses are all approved only by one side. The minority gets no opportunity to present witnesses, to present uh, arguments. Uh, sure, there are two Republicans on the committee, but there are two Republicans who voted to impeach Trump and uh, two Republicans who have generally sided with the Democrats on all these issues. The Republicans that McCarthy wanted to put on the uh, committee, uh, Pelosi rejected. That's not a fair hearing. So listen with that critical approach in your mind. Is there any reason outside of politics? Is there anything to be gained here? Any reason to do this, especially as a show trial? No, it's absolutely the opposite. We shouldn't have these kinds of show trials. If they wanted to investigate January 6th, they should have done what the 9-11 Commission did. They, there was, yeah. The 9-11 Commission was comprised of people from all parties, no parties, academics, experts, uh, and they came to a conclusion. And all walks of life. Credited it. People credited it. Nobody is going to credit this. Nobody should credit this. This is a show trial, and it was, it's designed not to produce the truth, but to confirm a narrative already established by the people on the committee and those who put them on the committee. It's just, it's Pravda. Uh, I was going to say Pravda, not the New York Times, but today the New York Times is closer to Pravda than it is to the old New York Mm. Times. So uh, you have to be really critical. You know, this is so hard for me. I'm a liberal Democrat. I've never voted Republican in my life for a president. And yet I see myself today opposing my party. I, I think of what Ronald Reagan said. I didn't leave the Democrats. In my case, some of the Democrats have left me. I stay in the Democratic yeah. Party in order to influence them. But I have no faith in the AOCs and the squad and some of the others who today are dominating the, the, the Democratic Party. For example, I'll give you another example. You have the Speaker of the House. I'm sorry, the the the, uh, the, the uh, majority leader of the Senate, who I've known for years. He was a student at Harvard Law School, Chuck Schumer. He gets in front of the Supreme Court, and he says to Gorsuch mm-hmm. and Kavanaugh, "You know, basically, watch your back. You won't even know what hits you." If that's not a dog whistle, that would lead somebody like that creep who was found in front of Kavanaugh's house. Yeah. I mean, you know, Republicans, the Democrats are saying what President Trump said was a dog whistle, and they, they have some truth there. And you'd have to say the same on the other side. Alan, thank you so much for what you do. Thank you. I, you have to feel like most of us do. We're living in a movie. You can't believe this stuff is going on. God bless you. The Glenn Back Program. All right, let me tell you about Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Um, we need to do everything we can to be honorable and to uh, be people of merit uh, because people are going to look for people who just have decent values and are not part of the screaming mess, but are actually working towards real solutions and helping people in need. Since 9-11, Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been supporting America's heroes and their families. So a first responder or a military service member that doesn't come home, and if they're left behind, if they left behind small children, Tunnels to Towers pays off the mortgage to make sure that that family doesn't have to worry about that as well. Catastrophically injured veterans and first responders, 
They get uh, mortgage-free smart homes. Uh, there's Operation Home Base. Tunnel to Towers is gifting tiny homes to homeless veterans. I love these people. And your $11 a month, a donation of $11 a month, will make a world of difference. Let's do some good together. Join Tunnel to Towers on their mission. $11 a month at T, the number 2T.org. That's T2T.org. This is the Glenn Beck program. Uh, boy, we are seeing some real problems. Uh, I, I read an article authored by a bunch of Yahoo experts. They were all the ones that said, oh, inflation's transitory. It's nothing to worry about. Now they're coming out going, okay, it's not. It, I mean, yeah, uh, we were wrong before, but we're right this time. This is the worst it's going to get uh, by the, you know, by the new year. We're going to be rolling. I don't buy that for a second. And here's why all of the things that are being done right now are going to add to inflation and shortages right now. Um, there are 16 states just at the beginning of the week. What was it? 10. There are now 16 states that are paying $5 a gallon for gasoline. Maine is 502, Massachusetts 502, Idaho uh, just over five, New Jersey over five, Pennsylvania, uh, Ohio over five, Arizona 518, Michigan 521, Indiana 523, Alaska 546. Illinois, can I ask you, is there a reason, Michigan, you're paying 521 when Alaska is paying 546? Illinois 553, Washington State 548, Oregon 548, Hawaii, Hawaii. Hawaii is playing is paying 549 and Nevada is paying 556 a gallon. And then California coming in at number one at six dollars and thirty nine cents a gallon. Now, what is causing this? By the way, several other states are on the verge. Utah gas is 498 Vermont 499. So those will be added. We added, I think, 26 cents this week, 26 cents in the last seven days. And it's not going to stop. Because of ESG, because of everything that this government is doing to stop funding oil research and petroleum companies. Do we have Diana on yet, Sarah? Okay. Um, uh, she is as Diana. Um, I want to get her name right. Furch got Roth. Um, there's a name that clearly you change. Or, you know, if you're marrying into that, you're like, no, I'm not going to do that. Anyway, um, Diana is um, uh, an adjunct professor of economics at George Washington University. She has been the chief economist at the U.S. Department of Labor, chief of staff, the president's council of economic advisors, deputy executive secretary for domestic policy. Um, uh, she also served under Reagan, Bush and the second Bush. She's kind of an expert. And uh, I really, really want to talk to her about two different kinds of inflation. The inflation that is caused because we printed so much money and then the inflation that is not going to go away 
in my opinion, and that is the inflation on food and gas and things uh, like that, because we are moving into a new green economy and it's going to cost us a fortune, a fortune. By the way, did you ever pay? Did you ever did you vote for that? Because I didn't vote for that. I thought we were voting for someone that would just, you know, take us back to normal and be sane. I don't think we've gotten that. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's just me. Uh, Diana, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hi, welcome. It's so it's an honor to have you on the uh, program to answer to answer some hillbilly questions from a guy like me. Um, but oh, uh, no. I, uh, I would uh, I'd I'd like to ask you about inflation, but two different kinds of inflation the inflation that comes from money printing but then there is there not inflation that is coming because of esg and our energy policies what's happening with the food crisis and everything else those are two different reasons uh we're feeling this price crunch correct uh, that is correct yes yes but with the fed monetizing and accommodating these supply pressures, uh, then it means that inflation is higher. So you see that in the EU, for example, they've had the same upward pressures on energy, but their inflation rate is lower. Same with Switzerland, for example, because their central banks have behaved in a different way. So why is Germany in so much trouble? I'm seeing Germany, you know, their their inflation is the highest, I think, since 1950 or something like that. Why is Germany different? Right. Do you know? Well, they, they, uh, Germany is having particular, particularly high problems with, with its energy prices. And uh, the, two, the two work together, of course. Uh, they work and together. The, the, so, of course, if you have higher prices, then they do affect. If you have higher prices, then, and, of course, they do affect what the Federal Reserve is doing. So the but the Federal Reserve, even if the Federal Reserve could correct all of the mistakes that we've made, it is the the problem with our gas and energy is that we are hell bent now with this administration on destroying all fossil fuels. So there's no funding through ESG. And and so that's not going to go away. These these prices are relatively where they're going to be forever. I mean, they go up, but it's not going back down to $2 a gallon with these with this administration. Do you agree with that? Uh, yes, unless this administration changes its mind, then yes, things right. are not going to go down. Yes. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it feels as though the American people are being impoverished. Uh, you know, I don't know where you stand on the Great Reset, but it bothers me when someone says, hey, in eight years, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. Uh, it feels like we're being impoverished. And at the same time, they just came out with, um, you know, a, a, a new safety net uh, for retirees. It, it seems as though the government is starting to just gobble up everything and starting to provide everything. Do you know much about Secure 2.0? I know that Secure 2.0 is not necessary. The assumption is that low-income workers don't have any way of saving for retirement. But uh, we have IRAs. Uh, you can put $6,000 a year in an IRA 
the vast majority of people do not use that amount of tax deferred savings and uh, you can have it automatically come out of your bank account every month. So there are low, there are, there are tax deferred retirement programs for low income people. That is why IRAs got put in. So it's not fair okay, so, to make employers have the burden of that. On the so then what are they doing with this new it. retirement with this new retirement plan? What, what is this? What is their goal? The goal is to require employers to provide 401k or retirement plans for all their workers, which up to now uh, has been optional. What's that going to do to us? What's going to do to businesses? Well, well, it's going to raise the cost of businesses because you have to hire somebody to do it. I mean, say you work in a hardware store and you have a lot of low-income workers working as cashiers or helping people find goods in the hardware store. So you might have to provide uh, a 401k plan for these individuals. So you're going to have to call up a benefits manager. You probably don't even have a benefits manager. You probably just give them payroll every month. Now you're faced with setting up a 401k for them. Even for larger, sophisticated firms or consulting firms, often they don't have a 401k or a startup that wouldn't have a 401k. It's difficult to do. So it places an additional burden on small businesses. That is not necessary because if these individual cashiers in the hardware store wanted to put $6,000 in an IRA, they would be able to do that. If they wanted their bank to transfer $500 a month, so it would be auto-enrollment oh into the 401k program, they could do that. So it's just a matter of the federal government getting involved where it isn't really needed. It is. This is incredible. I mean, you worked um, in the Reagan administration. It feels like what we're suggesting, and we're not even close to it on the Fed level, but if the Fed did what the Fed did in, you know, 1980, 1981 uh, and two and started raising, you know, up to 19 percent and we had all of this Biden red tape that he's adding you would stop the heart of this nation, would you not? Economically uh, speaking? Really, uh, uh, you really would. You would definitely send the economy into a recession and you would cause major damage, especially to the low-income workers that President Biden purports to represent. So, uh, as you're looking at things um, and you know what the situation is now where it's all being done administratively. It's not really even going to go through Congress. He'll just keep doing it, uh, you know, administratively. How long can we take this beating before we really start to see everything just go haywire? It's not, it's not a question of uh, how long. I mean, the longer it goes, uh, the worse people are going to be off. But the wonderful thing about the United States, and I speak as an immigrant from the United Kingdom, is that the pendulum does swing back. And there's an opportunity to do that in November. There's an right. opportunity, and the polls say uh, that the House and Senate are going to be Republicans, so that will be an opportunity for oversight hearings. There's going to be an opportunity in 2024. So I think the damage is in the United States is always limited because people have the choice of voting in another party. And when times get bad, they do that. I, I uh, from from your mouth to God's ears, um, 
I was reading an article today about, I think it was in the New York Times, maybe in, yeah, I think it was New York Times, all of these experts that had said inflation is transitory. Um, and now they're saying, okay, we were wrong about that. However, we're about at the top of the inflation ladder, and it's going to start coming down, and 2023 is going to be great. It'll come back down. One of them was actually saying it'll be back down to 1.2% inflation rate. Um, who do we listen to? Who is there anybody out there that we can trust? And what is going to happen with the inflation rate? Best guess. Well, it's certainly going to be uh, above 8%, I would say, certainly through the summer uh, with high energy prices affecting people's use of air conditioners. Some people are saying they're going to be blackouts. High gas prices are going to be pervasive uh, throughout the summer. But the important thing to know is this is a self-inflicted wound. America has the largest oil and natural gas reserves in the world. We could be uh, encouraging fossil fuel production, encouraging pipelines, and we're not doing that. This is a problem that's fixable, and that's the sunny side of this. This is something we can fix with another administration, uh, with another Congress. I, I, uh, I'm so glad to hear your optimism. Um, thank you so much for your service to the nation and, and everything you've done uh, over the years. And I can't imagine what it's like to be an adjunct professor at George Washington University. I hope it's not as bad as it is everywhere else. But uh, oh, any no, university it, it, that it, wants it, to take the name of George Washington down scares me. But No, I have wonderful students. They ask great questions, and I enjoy teaching. Yes. Good, good. Thank you so much. We'll talk again. God bless you. Thanks so much, Glenn. Bye. Back in just a minute, let me tell you about uh, Veronica. She wrote in about her dog's experience with Rough Green. She said, I have a 12-year-old Labrador, and uh, and into about a week of giving her Rough Greens, we saw crazy improvement. Her eyes became clearer. I had to look twice when she came bounding up the stairs. This is the biggest thing that I noticed with Uno. He, his activity level went through the roof. I, he greeted me this morning. He's fact, sitting here on the ground looking at me with his ball in his mouth. He greeted me this morning. at It was 3.30 a.m., and he's got his ball in his mouth, and he's like, we're going out to play, right? Um, Veronica... The results that you have seen, I've seen in my dog, uh, and you just keep taking rough greens and putting it on their food because you will see more changes as the months and the years go by. It's an amazing product, Rough Greens. They're so confident at Rough Greens that your dog's going to love it, that they'll have a special deal for you. Right now, they're going to give you the first bag of Rough Greens free. Just go to roughgreens.com slash Beck. That's roughgreens.com slash Beck. You just pay for shipping. This is a supplement you put on the dog's food. It's roughgreens.com slash Beck or 833-G-L-E-N-N-33. The Glenn Beck Program. Look at these blue check marks that uh, yesterday chimed in on my tweet. 
um, uh, about yesterday's program where I um, uh, spoke to Ethan Nordine, a January 6th prisoner who has been in jail for 13 months. Most of it spent in solitary confinement, um, and he wasn't charged with anything um, serious, um, at least the way the charges are understood by lawyers he wasn't charged with anything serious um until monday uh but sitting in jail for a year so i wrote that um uh, ethan's been in prison most of it solitary for over a year without a trial even though he faced no violent charges a sedition charge was just added this week in advance of the january 6th show trial roland martin who's on imbecile from uh, cnn he he wrote does this idiot glenn beck know that sedition isn't the same as jaywalking well that caught me by surprise i really roland mm. that's a good that's a good point um the left is obsessed with january 6 but what about americans still sitting in jail waiting for a court date spoke to ethan nordine from prison he is not facing violent charges but was just charged with sedition he says he's a political prisoner i want to know when we'll find out and sv Dotte, a blue check mark said sedition as in trying to overthrow democracy. No, not serious at all. What? Were you responding to a different tweet? Because that doesn't even relate to what I just tweeted, what I just said. Uh, these blue check marks, uh, they're not very bright sometimes. So Again, stupid. no one's listening to each other. No one's listening to each other. Uh, one other. Around 70% of the people in Rikers Island haven't been convicted of crimes and are, that they're charged with, and they're awaiting trial, sometimes a year or more. I look forward to your support of bail reform. Well, I'd love to see your support for Donald Trump's uh, prison reform, because I was for that. Uh, and I am into uh, bail reform, just not the way it's being done in Los Angeles, Minnesota, Chicago, New York. The Glenn Beck Program.